0: Good evening. Welcome to the Snake River Lib podcast. It's Monday, Pi Day 314, 2022. Thank you so much for listening. I wanted to start off uh, by just making a passing reference. Uh, I had attempted to do this podcast a couple times over the weekend, and each time it was just not something that I wanted to publish. And so I apologize for that, although perhaps. I should not apologize for for um, recognizing an inferior product and putting it out I wanted to begin by talking about um, the the um, semi-annual or the biannual event that um, we just went through yesterday uh, most states that is and that is the infamous daylight savings time this cockamamie idea, of course, uh, goes without saying that it was cooked up during the Progressive Era, 1918, is when this was uh, put out on a national scale uh, to establish, uh, you know, I guess it's more hours of sunlight, or... (laughs) You know, it's really hard for me to even say that because, of course, there's not any more hours of sunlight just because you change the clock. And in reality, it doesn't change the usability of the hours of sunlight because somebody who works out in the daylight, they're just going to adjust their lifestyle according to when the sun comes up and when the sun goes down. And so the nominal excuse is, well, you know, agrarian purposes, blah, blah, blah. Well, one, only 1% of Americans today are farmers. Not that that matters, but two, farmers work according to the sun and not according to the clock. So that completely defeats that purpose. Uh, Senator uh, Marco Rubio, Republican, and Senator Ron Wyden, uh, Democrat from Oregon, Marco Rubio, of course, from Florida, have put forth a bipartisan uh, proposal for a bill to make daylight savings time permanent. Sixteen states have passed resolutions to make daylight savings time permanent. However, for whatever insane reason, they, can't opt for, they cannot opt for daylight savings time as their permanent time until the federal government changes the statute regarding daylight savings time. Now, there are states, uh, Arizona and Hawaii, who do not switch to daylight savings time. And so they stay on regular time. And if a state chose to stay on regular time, I would presume, you know, if a state voted to do that, I would presume that they would. Now, the majority of the Americans would prefer to eliminate the time change. There have been studies that have demonstrated that there's an increase of accidents. There's an increase of workplace injuries, car accidents, and workplace injuries as a result of the spring time change in particular, losing an hour of sleep, as well as um, the time it takes to essentially recover from that. There have been numerous studies done regarding this and, and, and lives are lost because of this time change. I personally, of course, think it's a dumb idea to change the clock. Uh, I think that it's one of those many issues from the progressive era that really just needs to be thrown out with the trash. Where's Dr. Fauci? Hmm. Since the war started, um, we haven't seen Fauci on TV anymore very much. Perhaps he's there occasionally, but... um, They've got a bigger thing now. They're they're banging the drums of war. Um, Joe Biden has come out and just uh, again reiterated a lie um, that he has repeated several times during the course of his year and change in office, in that when they took over January twentieth, twenty twenty one, there had been no preparation uh, for. Distribution of the vaccine. Now, first of all, let's remember that President Trump had purchased over 400 million doses of the vaccine pre-purchased. But what we can't forget about is the fact that states likely, uh, after the FDA approved it, slow rolled the rollout of the vaccine, especially blue states, to try to pass the credit to Biden as much as possible. If, in fact, the FDA itself slow-rolled its approval until after the election. But at the time Joe Biden was inaugurated as president, one million people a day were getting the dose, the vaccine. One million a day. That's probably all I'm going to talk about regarding COVID, but you never know. Um, I wanted to spend a moment talking about treason or the accusation of treason and what should be done about those who are being foreign assets to a dictator. Now that's actually a quote. Um, It's in regards to Tulsi Gabbard, former Congressman from Hawaii, Democrat. She also ran for president. And while while you will not hear it frequently, except for perhaps on Fox, there's no question that probably you can point to Tulsi Gabbard for the reason, or for exposing, the complete incompetence of Kamala Harris and her campaign. Because of Tulsi Gabbard's uh, debate performances before the primaries or the caucuses even began, Kamala Harris was driven out of the race in 2020. And you know what? When you consider the fact that her intersectional strengths of being a woman of color and while well, being of color and being a woman um, compared to white guys, a pseudo white woman, Indian, um, a gay man, and a bunch of old white guys, you know, that's saying a lot. But she never even really was in the race when the voting actually started. And you can credit Tulsi Gabbard for that. Um, I would probably stand against most of uh, Congressman Gabbard's... She prefers congressman to congresswoman. Congressman Gabbard's policies, she is progressive. But as is typical, once you are against the establishment of the party and the movement, then you just become a heretic. You become, you know, racist. You become a traitor. And so uh, this started over the weekend. Senator Romney from Utah, good joke going Utah, uh, attacking her because she seems to be you know, spewing Putin talking points. What was he accusing her of specifically was that she was identifying the fact that there are a number of virology labs in Ukraine and stressing the need for there to be a ceasefire in those areas so those labs can be secured and those pathogens destroyed. U.S. funded or partially funded virology labs. How about that? I wonder if there should be some investigations into that. And so, of course, uh, Romney attacked and Tulsi Gabbard said, well, oh, bring it on. Let's investigate. Let's see who's right. And she actually had some um, reported statistics to, to back up her part. Now, Romney, you know, Republican, Democrat, you can say it's partisan. Well, except for, no, that the bipartisan attacks on Tulsi Gabbard are very, very clear. Um, the cackling hands over on The View, whom I had quoted when I began talking about her, who said that she was a, that they, she, or actually they, including Tucker Carlson, are foreign assets to a dictator is was uh, the host, Anna Navarro, of the View. She's the token, well, she used to be a token Republican. Um, you know, she was a, a, a Bush, you know, neocon type Republican. You know, hate the little people type of Republican. And so they thought, thought that they should be, that the DOJ should be in, you know, just like they're investigating the Russian oligarchs. uh, She said, I think DOJ in the same way that is setting up a task force to investigate oligarchs should look into people who are Russian propagandists and shilling for Putin. If you are a foreign asset to a dictator, it should be investigated. How about that? Adam Kinzinger, who of course is on the January 6th Commission, he has an R next to his name, but he's not appointed by the Republicans, by the minority. He was appointed by the Speaker? Said that she was traitorous, and they need to be investigated. Now, what does that sound like? Because if you think these people have railed against Congress investigating somebody just out of the blue before you'd be correct they call it mccarthyism now personally i i hate the term mccarthyism because mccarthy one was not part of the house un american activities committee which is usually associated the actions of that committee are usually what's associated with mccarthyism but more importantly mccarthy simply was pointing out that there were security risks working for the federal government but now you have people that are calling out Americans, who are speaking out against the possibility of the United States becoming embroiled into a war, with uh, either through a NATO country, uh, with Putin going nuts, or, or by shipping, uh, working with uh, to to drive Russia out of Ukraine. I would say that Putin could make a case before a world court that the United States and the European Union sending arms to Ukraine is tantamount to an act of war. And it, he would not be the aggressor, but simply responding to it. I That does not make me a Putin apologist. One last thing before the break. Um Joe Manchin today announced that he would not support um, President Biden's nominee to the Federal Reserve. Uh, she has too much of a past. And, of course, much of her past has to do with killing the oil business because I, um, the oil businesses and oil or fossil fuel, I should say, um, either through Uh, regulations or regulations of banks, you know, cutting the, cutting the the flow of money off to these corporations. And we'll talk about that here after a while. But by Joe Manchin signaling that he is not going to support her, her name is Sarah Bloom Raskin. Uh, That essentially kills her nomination. Of course, there's always a chance that Republicans can snatch defeat from this victory. Heaven knows they've done it. I don't know how many times they just did it with the, uh, with the omnibus bill uh, last week. So they could do it again. But right now, at least for the moment, um, this person who wanted to kill The energy lifeblood of this nation seems to be uh, not going to be able to be nominated. And I'll be right back. Welcome back to the Lib. Thank you so much for listening. I wanted to talk about uh, inflation for just a moment. Right now, of course, uh, they are trying to blame the inflation on Putin and on Russia's attack of Ukraine. And of course, what that does to the oil markets, there's no question that that inflation is there. However, I'd say we're truly not feeling, we're feeling the shock of it in the immediate price increases at the pump. But we've had a year of significant price increases in the cost of pretty much doing everything that you have to do to live. Food, shelter, energy, um, cars, everything. In fact, inflation is outstripping wage increases, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. But to blame Putin when we are not really even in the position of feeling that effect yet. So we've been for over a year now where no leases have been let out. And because of that, oil companies have to look at what they've got on stock and what they've got coming. And they have to say, we don't know when or if we're going to get any more. And they have to think long term for their their company. We're talking about 1970s, the 1970s malaise here. Right now, the only thing that we don't have is massive unemployment. And we don't have massive unemployment simply because we still haven't hired everybody back that the guard, government forced out of jobs either either through lockdowns or through encouraging people to stay at home with overly generous welfare benefits uh, such as unemployment. And yes, unemployment is an entitlement. So the shock at the pump that we're currently feeling, yes, but much longer term, you're going to see because of the significant increase in the price of oil, which has gone from 40 to $50 a barrel when President Biden assumed office to over 110 $120 a barrel. And if anything drastic should happen in the war, you're going to see oil skyrocket. But we're already talking about a, uh, a triple increase of the cost of oil. And that's, we're not seeing that kind of an increase yet at the pump, but we will. The goods in this country, regardless of where they're made, moves with fossil fuel trucks trains and because there's not a train station at every walmart or target or big box store of your choosing even the stuff that's moved rather efficiently on trains has to be loaded onto trucks and moved and when you're tripling that aspect of the cost make no mistake you're going to see increases in the future we've gone from transitory to temporary to supply chain issue to now it's Putin you know, and again, you you know, the war started, what, three weeks ago? I have to go back and see. It was the last time I saw Gutfeld because, you know, I really looked forward to that every night. And now it's uh, not on because they have an extra hour of the news, which is kind of surprising to me because, you know, we have all this news and every day, every day, and of course, it's. It goes to the fact that that you still have a significant number of Republicans, along with Democrats, who are itching for a war. Biden loves the fact that that COVID's not on anymore. Because things were really getting ugly for the uh, for his troops regarding that. But that's not the only issue. Oil, the cost of oil is not the only thing driving inflation. Um, Workers, uh, like I had just said, that workers, uh, we are not even back up to the level of uh, workforce that we had prior to COVID. So we're not really creating new jobs, contrary to what the president says. I mean, they may be different jobs than what people had before, but you still have a significant Number of people uh, that were working before COVID and are still not yet working, because you have that much fewer people working, manufacturing and the provision of goods at the retail outlets and services has contracted, and yet we have we have um, flooded. The monetary system with cheap, easy money, but chasing too few goods and services. This is Econ 101, or at least it's Econ 101 for people who've actually taken it, unlike hashtag AOC, who has an econ degree and can't understand this. And so what happens? Because you have a labor shortage, guess what? It's an employee market. Trucking companies are offering huge bonuses for people to drive. They're considering lowering the age for over-the-road truckers from 21 minimum to 18. I saw a Help Wanted sign today as I was at McDonald's that if you're 14, they'll hire you. Used to be, you had to have special circumstances that allowed you to work at 14. Speaking of McDonald's, remember that group Fight for 15 because $15 an hour was supposedly a livable wage? Well, Fight for 15 now is soliciting McDonald's employees across the country to have a day of strike for $25 an hour. So fight for 25. Wages going up. What is that going to do for the cost of goods and services on top of the fuel? I mean, you're already having to pay drivers more because there's not enough drivers. And so they're driving to the max 10 hours a day. They're getting bonuses for being hired, simply for being hired. And they're getting paid more per mile. And then there's fuel costs, and then there's the fact that uh, vehicle costs are out of this route, out of out of out of this world. Everything costs more to deliver goods and services. And so, what does President Biden says Say he says, not wages, but you have to cut costs. having worked at, managed a restaurant, you know, we had one-third of labor costs, we had one-third of the food cost, and then the other third was, was uh, overhead and profit. So you increase labor costs, double that. And your food costs, of course, goes up, maybe not double yet, but it will. Where does that leave you? The menu that people can't afford. But no worries, all of these things contribute to inflation. But it comes back down to the fact that you know, again, we do not have as many people working yet as we're working prior prior to COVID. Wages were going up faster then because of the shortage of, of workers, faster than inflation. And then COVID came along and Democrats were in control of Congress, wanted to spend a bunch of money. President Trump, wanting to thinking that this could help him, wanted to spend a bunch of money, so they opened the floodgates. And now they're talking about price controls. You think the shelves are empty now? Good luck with that. You know, right out of Atlas Shrugged was a little tidbit I came across where the administration is begging people, begging the oil execs to produce not not just thugs in Venezuela and Iran and Russia, but here in the United States as well, you need to you need to produce more oil. And this is what I was talking about previously. I just gave a glimpse of that. With only a finite amount of leases available, they're going to take their time to make sure that their companies are in it for the long haul. They're not going to rush out and develop all these leases, and produce today, and cease to exist tomorrow. This is the classic progressive mantra. Or as Lord Maynard Keynes would say, the the economist who was the father of big government spending, will all be dead anyway. You know, by the time the bill comes due. Nancy Pelosi today stupidly, maybe it was yesterday, stupidly said, government, increased government spending doesn't increase inflation and it doesn't increase the debt. This is the masterminds you have in Congress. They passed a 2,700-page bill where the members had just a little bit over 24 hours to even know anything about it, except for the immediate group that that hashed it out. Republicans in the House signed off on that. Not a majority, I mean, there's only 20-some-odd Republicans in the House voted for that monstrosity. Now it's only one point five million, one one point five trillion, only to get us through um, September. A number of Republicans in the Senate also voted for this. It's a bipartisan problem. Look very closely at how your senator or your congressman voted. And don't forget that. Republicans are for big government every bit as much as Democrats are. And right now, they're looking for a war because President Biden's numbers are tanking. And they know that nothing boosts numbers like a war. It's tragic that the left executes its heretics not fit not literally, but politically, like what happened with Tulsi Gabbard. Joe Manchin, who my guess with Manchin is if Biden was doing better polling wise, he'd probably not be so brave. and cross his party. Right now, it's very popular for a Democrat in Manchin's position to essentially side with Republicans. What's not popular is what Tulsa Gabbard's doing, what a handful of Republicans in the House and Senate are doing, which are asking serious questions about why this incessant drumming for war And why is it that the federal government considers anybody who questions the righteousness of providing support for Ukraine is a Putin shill? You want to know who Putin shills are? Who do you think funds millions and tens of millions of dollars to promote the climate change debacle? Because it shuts down oil production in the United States. If you said it was Putin, then go to the head of the class. Because Russians are. You want Russian collusion? Look and see the green groups that russians are supporting through their banks okay through their banks not the government but who controls the banks in russia the green new deal is stamped red all over it and now Iran, that just lobbed some missiles at us at our consulate in Iraq. We're apparently very close to a, a, a new Iran deal, which will not be uh, ratified by the Senate, contrary to the Constitution. Guess who's brokering that deal? Vlad, Vladimir Putin. Not directly, his people, the Russians. Do you think they're brokering a deal that's going to be favorable to the United States? No. One last thing. The Lib is in the process of uh, putting up a, a new logo. You can see it on the State Snake River Lib Facebook page. It'll be on the uh, the cover for the podcast here after a while. Let me know what you think of the logo. It's a little bit different. Uh, I will say I'm proud to display it. It was uh, some artwork done by a family member. Um, I love the colors. I did have a hand in the cover colors. But I'm actually quite fond of it. And if you don't like it, well, you can let me know that too. I don't mind. I'll tell you to mind your business. Right? The Biden tax... Which is inflation. It's hurting Americans. Poor Americans. The most. But it will soon affect. Well it already is affecting everybody. Go try to buy a new car. Try to buy a used car. It's a Snake River Lib. Have a good night.